today for the stage six rundown of the Giro Rosa. I'll make it really quick because I have a long chat with Amy Jones, our reporter on the ground for Cycling Tips, about being on the ground at the Giro Rosa and about some of the articles that she has written on cyclingtips.com. What a great website. So today in stage six of the Giro Rosa, it was much like yesterday. There was some attacks, a surprise climb, as the Gerosa tends to do. And Mariana Voss took the win. There was heartbreak for one of the young 21-year-old Russian riders on Kogas Metler. Maria Novolodskaya was off the front solo and tragically crashed with 2K to go. It was a little bit of a she was taking a corner. It looked like she maybe hit a pothole or something and took out her front wheel. So she just kind of slid and she was okay. She jumped back on her bike, but she only had 30 seconds at the time. So the Peloton caught her pretty quickly. She was looking really strong. So heartbreaking, heartbreaking for her. But it came down to a reduced bunch sprint won by Mariana Voss yet again, flying form. I don't love dominance, but I love Mariana Voss. So... Yeah. And second place was our very own diarist, Hannah Barnes, who we will hear from at the end of the episode. Third place was Lotto Kopecky again from Lotto Sudal. Interestingly, apparently Lotto Sudal, which is separate from the men's Lotto Sudal team, is going to merge with the men's Lotto Sudal team next year, which is a development that I will go into more detail tomorrow with tomorrow's co-host. That was today's stage. Not a ton to talk about, Let's hear from Ruth Winder about how her day went. Day six of Giro Rosa. Um, we tried again for breakaways. Didn't really, wasn't happening. Um, Corinne even came up to me at one point and was like, let's pair up and try and attack as it's like together as teams. And I was just kind of like, well, good luck because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> We'd or- I'd already been in a break with another Sunweb rider and it just seems like everybody's always bringing us back all the time. Only like one or two riders were kind of getting off the front sometimes. But yeah, it just seems like you would get in a break and either it wasn't working, like the girls weren't working together, or it would just be a line behind you of everybody trying to be in the break, which is a little bit frustrating, but just the way it goes sometimes. So in the end, we went over the climbs and then it was a bit of a reduced bunch sprint, very similar to yesterday very similar finish to yesterday. Um, we didn't end up on the podium this time, but stayed safe. I am joined by Amy Lauren Jones, who is our reporter on the ground. Amy, how's it going? Hey, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going good. Um, it's pretty hectic, like any stage race is going to be. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm enjoying being here. The racing is really exciting and it's a shame that people can't really see it. Um, I'm learning about how um, lacking the organization can be. Um, I think that's no secret. Um, it's it's pr- like, it's kind of a wake up and see what they've changed today at the last minute kind of thing. Um, but no, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Cause this is, um, this is your first time at the Giro Rosa, yeah, correct? It is. Yeah. And what, it, what are kind of like the major takeaways on the ground trying to cover the race that, that have kind of surprised you? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, so I'm actually just relatively new generally to this. Um, but like in terms of, um, let's say they don't necessarily make it easy. <laughs> um, the Every single day there's like, well, not every single day, but on a lot of the stages it's been kind of like, oh, the start is in a different place or the finish is in a different place. And the everything's all kind of mixed up as well because of COVID. So like nobody's really sure like, who's supposed to be allowed to go where and mix with who. And so um, it all just makes for a bit of a, a hectic. I mean, <laughs> it's Italian, like it's, it's known, like, you know, it's kind of a stereotype, I guess, um, for right or wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, for example, <laughs> um, at the finishes, um, at least the last couple of days anyway, um, we've been standing around with like the photographers and the soigneurs like waiting for the riders to come across the line um and they've got like the police pushing people back um including the soigneurs who are just trying to like do their jobs and see their riders and they're like no you need to go back and back and back and it's like you don't understand what they need to do like they need to be there and and like i think yeah the photographer i'm with is getting into a daily argument with an official <laughs> oh that's yeah that's interesting i mean i wonder it it It'd be interesting how to compare it to a normal year because I think the Giro is pretty well known for having uh, less than ideal organization mm-hmm. and communication. Because yeah. how much how much of the race have you been able to catch on the ground? Yeah, it's been it's been really tricky. Um, I have I've kind of left that um, to David, the photographer, because he knows where he wants to sort of go and, and take um, photos. We have tried on every stage to see the start, see at one point during the race and then the finish. Um, we haven't quite managed that. In fact, today we didn't. Um, it started in a, a town, uh, Torre del Greco, which was like really busy. Um, the traffic was insane and we tried to get to a point to watch the race, um, but we just were too late because of the traffic. So we went straight to the finish. Um, so yeah, we get to see it maybe like once. I mean, obviously in a normal year, perhaps we would have been able to get access to a car um which might have been a bit better i mean i know that even the guy who's covering the uci women's world tour twitter hasn't has had trouble with that too so that's a covid thing really um but yeah are you are are there any other reporters on the ground that you've been able to chat with or are you kind of solo um i'm definitely not the only one um maybe there's sort of English speaking um reporters though there is pretty much just me um and a guy called Owen who's working he's the one working for the um women's world tour um so yeah and yeah as far as I can think that's pretty much it then there's like a few Italian um people um but yeah there's there's not a whole load of us (laughs) for sure not lots of photographers um but not so many journalists so you've come up with a come out with a couple articles from from the race one of them being um about the various different reactions of the riders to the 180 including the Mm -hmm. neutral kilometer stage and the one that you have today is about the lack of live coverage so what have you been able to find out about the live coverage situation that we as people just on Twitter might not know. 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously there's been like huge outcry on social media, like people really want to watch this race live. And I mean, I don't blame them. It's a really exciting race and women's cycling. I mean, it's always really exciting. Um, you know, we had like, we had Plue and Lacourse that were live from start to finish and they were super exciting. People are starting to get to know the characters of women's cycling. So yeah, it's really disappointing. Like I've spoken to riders um, also who've said, you know, it's not acceptable um we deserve more basically um but interestingly yeah so the organizers came out yesterday i think it was um and their sort of reasoning for it for the lack of coverage was that um basically covid they cited covid um and the fact that there's like multiple other races on at the moment that was kind of their i'm gonna say excuse <laughs> um and uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, interestingly, I spoke um, today um, for this piece to uh, Dan Lloyd from GCN um, and his view was kind of a bit more, um, I mean, I guess diplomatic. He sort of saw it from both sides, really, um, like he understood the demand, but he also um, spoke about how it is. It truly is like really difficult and really expensive to cover um, racing live. Um, and he um but he also sees like, you know, the demand for it. And he said, that's why, you know, they're focusing from what he's told me, it sounds like they're focusing a lot on women's cycling, which is really good to hear. Um, he said they, you know, he's aware of the the sort of vicious cycle that I think everyone who follows women's cycling can see of like, you know, lack of coverage, which leads to lack of money, lack of sponsorship. Like it's all a big circle um, that they're hoping to try and, mm -hmm. and break. Um, but yeah, in terms of the lack of coverage at this particular race, um, yeah it's still kind of a mystery because there was some last year um and yeah this year just I guess we have to take the organizers at face value and say you know they try they couldn't do it personally when it comes to their statement that they put out yesterday that was basically like yeah because of the change in calendar mm -hmm. and because of the the change in route we couldn't do live coverage oh and also because there's so many races mm -hmm. on but for me, when they when they mentioned the fact that there was other races on, that kind of is when their entire argument fell apart. Yeah. Because in a normal year, there's double the for races sure, on. For sure, yeah. And this race usually goes out during the Tour de France anyway. So that's not really a, a valid argument, yeah. It's That is an interesting point that that Dan made that, yeah, it's if you don't have the live coverage, then no one sees the races, so they don't get the sponsorship and the sport doesn't grow. And... From like cycling tips perspective, from a journalistic perspective, that's the only the only thing we can do is try to push the coverage and and that's why we have you on the ground and and David taking the photos and I mean you guys have been doing a really great job covering it from the ground because there's not much of that from an English speaking journalistic perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you. First of all. <laughs> um but yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, and it's great. It's great to see, like, um, you know, places like Cycling Tips, like taking women's cycling seriously and putting an effort to cover it. And for sure, that is the key to growth for women's cycling. And you know, Dan was also saying about like with live coverage and stuff. Like they, he also mentioned that they they try and put, um, they try and kind of talk about the characters and women's cycling alongside in their main show that they do on YouTube and everything. And because you know. 
he said like if you're watching a race when you don't know who the people are it's kind of not as exciting like you know you don't know who to root for like um so and actually interestingly um his view was that it's actually preferable um to put women's cycling in the same arena as as men's and like some people would say that you know women's cycling shouldn't just follow men's cycling or it shouldn't just be like alongside it you know some people say like you know the women's race that's on the same day as the men's race so it's like a token thing and they should just women's racing should be different completely um and his view was like that um actually that's the way to gain more exposure because people are more likely to see it because it is alongside it can kind of piggyback and I know that's like really it's like oh it shouldn't have to be like that but it it it, I can kind of see where he was coming from is the way to sort of like piggyback on the exposure of men's cycling for women um yeah for sure especially in the beginning because when when women's cycling has a bigger fan base and has some momentum then they can start to do their own thing. But right now the men's cycling fan base isn't even, isn't that big in the grand scheme Mm -hmm. of things either. And so it's kind of a hard ask to have women's cycling be a standalone sport with a big following. If men's cycling is also struggling to remain relevant. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like women's cycling, it kind of, it's it's almost like, it's kind of how he described it too. It's almost like a cult following. Like there's, a certain like you have to be really really invested in it um and to follow it you know there's people on twitter trying to follow this race and that's like just because they already know they're already interested in it like what you need is like the accidental people to come across it because they're like oh the men's race isn't on but there's a women's race on before it let's watch this kind of thing yeah, because if you didn't know that the Giro Rosa was going on right now, you wouldn't know that the Giro Rosa is going on right now yeah. because there's basically no coverage yeah of it exactly i mean obviously there's like the highlights and you know people are doing the best they can with those um and obviously yeah the twitter and everything you know i mean i feel really sorry for the guy doing the twitter because it's really difficult because he's in a car at like the back of the race and so he can't really he's just relying on the radio basically which is all in italian (laughs) I think no it won't be it'll be English as well actually but um yeah yeah, like he he he's not actually seeing it with his own eyes and people are looking to Twitter and like to updates and even I mean like riders partners or family and friends are like also trying to follow this and like there's a lot of people um relying on on Twitter and it's not really like sustainable like live coverage is obviously what people need for sure. And it is really expensive. And, and the UCI has laid down rules about what the live coverage needs to have in order for it to be acceptable, quote unquote, acceptable for them. But, uh, but yeah, it's not a cheap endeavor. And, and it is, it is like kind of a hard thing to criticize because you know that a race like the Girosa doesn't have a ton of money, but then it's kind of like, well, if you don't have enough money to have live coverage of the race, then you probably shouldn't be world tour. But then the Giro Rosa gets away with everything. So. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a funny one really, because I think actually like, it's almost as if like, because it's the Giro Rosa, it's getting so much flack um, for not having live coverage because it is obviously like, you know, it's, it's like heralded as this like pinnacle women's cycling it's like the only kind of quote-unquote grand tour that the women have and I think on top of that also for years now it's been renowned for having such rubbish organization 
And I think this is just kind of like the cherry on the cake this year almost. Like you haven't got live coverage still, guys. Like what's going on? Yeah. And like you said, last year there was at least there was immediately after the stage, there was 45 minutes. And this year it's kind of been, I think, two hours after the stage, there's maybe some, some highlights mm-hmm. and, um, every day it's a different amount of time after the stage that they put out the live, the highlights, which is not GCN or flow bikes or SBS or like any of it's not any of their faults. It's because the highlights coming out of the organization are coming yeah. late. Yeah. Um, For sure. and, and I think it's important to point out that like GCN is not, cannot do live coverage of the no. race. They do they pick up the broadcast from the host broadcast, which is coming from Italy. Um, because I have seen like some flack for them, but it's not their fault that that's not their job. And it, yeah, it is. It's interesting with the Giro Rosa. Cause they, they do, there is like this overarching joke in, in the women's Peloton about how you can't look at a profile of the Giro and be like oh today was going to be a sprint day because it might end in a 10 kilometer long climb yeah like I was turning up so I remember a few years ago following this race and um that I think there was a prologue and it was meant to be flat but there was like a giant berg in it and I was fully expecting that for the first TT that was here on the first stage (laughs) as it turned out it was completely flat but I was like any minute now we're gonna see a huge hill that's not on the profile (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't put it past them at all. Like, yeah, especially I can't remember which day it was now stage, stage two, stage three, or halfway through the race, the riders heard over the radio that the finish was different. Stage three, stage three. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, (laughs) which is very Jira Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're providing like reasons that, that come out like afterwards, like for example, on that day, I think it, they said it was something to do with a landslide. They changed like the final um, few kilometers, like the run into the finish. And then today it was like, oh, a bridge collapsed. I mean, I look, I guess it's right, but it's just like, yeah. And then today, like the neutral um, was supposed to be 11 kilometers long um, and it wasn't, it was far less, I think. Or like, yeah, it was, this is a daily occurrence. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. Thank you so much for jumping on the phone with us. And and anybody who's listening, definitely check out Amy's article on cycling tips about both the stage distance, because that was a really great read, and also today's um, piece on the live coverage of the race. Thanks, Abby. It was really great to talk to her. I will definitely have her back in the next couple days and we'll talk more on the ground, Jira Rosa bits and pieces. Let's see what Brody Chapman had to say about today. Uh, So today's stage, um, it was kind of going to be predicted to be one for the sprinters who get over climbs. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, so there was it's interesting. It said that it was going to be an 11 kilometer neutral. And in fact, it was a five kilometer neutral. We found out midway through said neutral. Um, and the, the start was really chaotic. It would have been super cool to watch because it was really active. Um, we had all sorts of teams attacking and then it was just this constant kind of flurry of attacks. And then the next person, the next person. So, um, yeah, I had a good time, um, trying to stay vigilant there and, 
you know, I always hope for a breakaway <laughs> and that's to be part of a breakaway there, but I'm, I'm not uh, attacking myself at this point in time. Um, yeah, and the roads were hectic. Like, there was such shit condition, like potholes everywhere and, like, little old Italian ladies crossing the street seconds before the peloton get there um so that was kind of interesting but yeah i mean it was a, it was a great experience i have to say it was like pretty fun to have all those different elements contributing um yeah so i i had a pretty shit day actually i suffered a lot after my long effort yesterday off the back um but we i was able to help Celia in the early stages um the pace up the climbs was pretty hard by the looks of it and we had Stina Borgley go for the sprint again, and she was eighth today, I believe. I could be wrong. But, yeah, um, so that's pretty cool, and Celia was, Celia was safe. So, yeah, another beautiful day in Italy, another chaotic day in Italy, but um, bring on tomorrow. And finally, before I sign off, I just want to say thank you so much to the listeners for listening to this Daily Giro Rosa podcast I it's a labor of love following the race isn't the easiest thing but I am just so thrilled to have this platform from cycling tips to be able to bring you all coverage of the Giro Rosa um I'm super passionate about women's cycling I know that they have the short end of the stick and I'm just so happy to be able to cover cover them and and try to try to bring some more attention to the women of the peloton and also the incredible racing that they do. I want to thank especially the Velo Club members for making this possible. I literally wouldn't have a job without you. So thank you so much to everyone on Velo Club for signing up and for supporting Cycling Tips in their endeavor to cover more women's cycling and give women's cycling the platform that it deserves. Um, I, I can't thank you all enough for supporting me and supporting Cycling Tips and for making it possible for Amy to be on the ground and David to be on the ground and for me to be able to do this podcast and and all of the stuff that is to come. We've got tons more racing this year, hopefully, and there's a lot of plans in the works for what is going to happen later in the season with more coverage of the women's races, more on-the-ground reporting, and more podcasts. So thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting Cycling Tips and supporting me. So that's it. That's it for stage six of the Giro Rosa. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Stage seven, it's going to be a really exciting stage. It ends in circuits. And because there's only one person who loves circuits as much as me, I will have Lauren back on the podcast tomorrow. Yippee. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about stage seven. For now, here's Hannah Barnes. Stage six, second place. Second place in the sprint today, Hannah Barnes. Very exciting. So that's stage six finished of the Giro Rosa. We have three more days to go. Um, today's stage was 87 kilometers, I think, with some, yeah, pretty hard climbs in there. Um, and yeah, like yesterday, CCC rode it, rode the climbs hard just to get, yeah, the main contenders for the sprint finish out of the way, um, which they did a very good job again. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I was using each climb, top of the climb was my finish line every time, just because I knew if I made it over the top, then it would, yeah, it would be really good for the finish. And yeah, for me, as the race went on, the better I felt. So I just, just tried to make sure that I was in a good position, stayed hydrated, kept fueling and yeah. And then the final, we just, 
Yeah, stayed safe. Our main priority at the moment is to keep Kasha safe until the three kilometre go to go mark. And then, yeah, we, we, we carry on with our lead out. And today, yeah, they did a, such a good job. We were on the front exactly where we needed to be. And yeah, Aliona was great with her, her pull, which was, yeah, I was just riding behind her thinking, how is she doing this? But um, yeah, she did it. And yeah, I was disappointed to not have been able to hold the hold my first place i think marina came past me with 20 meters or so to go but yeah i dug deep and for me i'm really happy that i was able to make the podium because it's it's been a long time and a lot of people have had a lot of belief in me and it was me holding me back so yeah hopefully i can take confidence and motivation into the next days and the next races and know that i can be there when yeah when it's at the pointy end of the race and yeah, for me it's it's nice and then we've got three pretty hard days coming up again. Um, yeah, we're pretty in the south now so it's pretty pretty different terrain to what we normally used to in the Jerry, but yeah, I'm having fun.